0: Are we doing this? Where's your wine? Do you need to finish it, or are we good to go? No, I'll just be slurping back here. Great. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Hello! Hi, and welcome to Murder, She Read, the true crime podcast where we read books, give each other dirty looks, and drink copious amounts of wine. I am sitting across from the ever-lovely
0: Amanda Fall. And I am across from Victoria Campbell. And Amanda,
1: would you like to tell everyone where we are this week?
0: Specifically uh, in a hotel room with the iPad balanced on top of the luggage tray. Rack? With the luggage rack with the microphone on top of that. And location. Sitting on the floor. Yeah, and location like Right, also we are in Omaha. Uh, Not for fun. Well, well, for me. For you. Yeah, for work for you. I'm in Omaha for work. Victoria's in Omaha for codependent reasons. sure is how I like to term it. <laughs> oh, not codependent reasons. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> but here we are, coming uh, to you from a hotel room. Yeah. So we have no control and no idea how this is going to sound. Yes,
1: yeah, so if it sounds super wonky, forgive us. If it sounds great,
0: we did it on purpose. We live here now. Yep. We're moving in. It's a recording studio. Yes, I am the boss of Omaha. You own it? I own it. I cannot wait. One thing I will say about this hotel is that, unlike every other hotel, there's no channel that will give me forensic files. Well, that's fucking rude. Which I realized last night. So, I started watching Pen15 on Hulu. Oh, I love that show! Oh, you have seen it. I watched okay. all of it, yeah. I just started it. Um, I came to a really upsetting realization. Go for it. Since it did take place in the year 2000, yeah. and those girls were 13, and we were also 13, 13 in yeah. the year 2000, um, it really hit close to home, and it made me realize my voice and my dialect has not changed <laughs> since the year 2000. Not once. Well, consistency is key, is what I've heard. I don't know that that's true. Shh. I think I need to remove the word like from uh-uh. most of my sentences. Uh-uh. Leave it in? Uh-huh. Throw in more does? I would say More likes. More likes, more does. Yeah. Okay, great. And maybe glad, Thank you for being supportive. Maybe a return to butterfly clips. I was definitely were. spiraling for a minute last night. <laughs> <laughs> Just rolling around in bed going, oh no.
1: It's a meme. This is who I am. Um, well, it sounds like Amanda was lost last night. Um, so I... What a fucking segue. Thank you. Good thank job. You. I read a lot of end of the semester papers that did not have them. Um, anyway, so (laughs) prepping them (laughs) so that you've got them. Yeah. Just like if you need a Rolodex of them, that's your business. Um, so this week and next week, Amanda have, I have chosen two stories from a collection of shorts by Ann Rule. What's it called? I think it's Rage to Kill. It is Rage to Kill. Thank you. Yeah. 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 You're Um, welcome. I'm doing your job. (laughs) And the, uh, the first story that we're diving into is called Lost Lady. What's it about? Well, Amanda, let me tell you. In 1928, Marcia Moore was born into a very, very bougie family. Uh, Her father actually started the Sheraton Hotel chain. uh, And he did it, like, during the Great Depression, like, in 1928. So, like, cusping on it and still made a ton of fucking gold. Um, And he sold the chain for $20 million in 1968,
0: which is, would you like to guess how many millions of dollars today? Let's see. If my math is correct, it is... Six hundred and thirty-eight million. Well, yet again, your math is wrong. It's one (laughs) hundred and (laughs) forty-six million. Weird, because I made that math up in my head. (laughs) And and
1: Marcia's parents were involved with the New England Theosophical Society, which she laughingly called the Blue Blooded Spiritualists. Excuse me. And her brother was a best-selling author, and his books were turned into movie blockbusters. So there's a lot of like big stuff happening for the Moore family.
0: Oh yeah, they've got a ton of money. They don't know what the fuck to do with
1: it. Uh, no, they don't. And so let's let's figure out what Marcia does in her years post graduation from Radcliffe, oh, ladies, we're Harvard. Doing
0: post graduation? Yeah, I'm not going to hit anything till uh, 65. You got something else? Oh yeah, I got a few. Oh, give it to us. All right. So in 1947, she marries. Simon's? I put an S. There might not be one.
1: Anne Rule just said she had four husbands. I don't know anything about any of them. Yes, so Simon was an
0: inspiring writer. They have three children together. In 1955, the family heads to India, where they study Hindu and other esoteric religions. In 1957, they return to the U.S. This is when Marcia attends Radcliffe College. She wants to finish her studies. She graduates in 1960. Her senior thesis... Did you have something? No, I don't have anything. Oh, her 65? senior thesis was published under the title "Astrology Today: A Sociopsychological Survey." Uh, oh, all right. So she's getting into it right away. Just one of those Western appropriation of anything you can get your hands on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take them, yeah. put them in a bowl. Mix I have it up. no problem with it. Clearly. (laughs) Um, No info on her second husband, or maybe he was her second husband, no info on her first. I don't know. It's unclear. Her third husband is Mark Douglas. Yes. They co-authored several New Age books together. She's now also working as a yoga teacher and an astrological counselor. She eventually develops her own approach to reincarnation therapy. Is this where you'd like to take it back? Yeah, can I grab it for a second? Please do.
1: Okay, so as Amanda mentioned, in 65, uh, author Jess Stern wrote a book about Marcia entitled Youth, Yoga, and Reincarnation. Oh, cute. Um, so this is like mid to late 60s, so yoga is like capital Y yoga, and people are all over it, um, and it's attracting a lot of practitioners. Um, so while writing the book, Stern spent three months with Marcia and her third husband in their Boston home. And this Mar- is
0: Mark, right? I, it should, uh, yeah, I think Mark is the I third. never learned his name.
1: Okay. Um, so Marcia was heavily featured in the book's pages in a leotard in various yoga poses, and Anne Rule points out that she has no cellulite, No fat bulges, uh, which is high praise from consummate body shamer
0: Anne Rule. (laughs) I imagine Anne Rule has a magnifying glass and is just really looking (laughs) into these photos. Which
1: Oh, it's her knee. Hmm. Um, Although Marcy is lucky in life, she is unlucky in love. Um, And she would ultimately have four husbands... Uh, with friends noting that Marcia was attracted to brutal, which I have in quotes, man, I don't think that's true. One of the current one is an astrologer, whom I'm talking about. Yours yeah. was a writer.
0: They're like <laughs> the sad last
1: ones, an <laughs> anesthesiologist. They're but, men that you know. she can
0: easily overpower. <laughs> yeah, brutal doesn't seem right.
1: Um, but anyway, the husband she was living with at the time was an astrologer, 12 years her junior, um, and she hinted heavily in the book that their paths would probably diverge in later life. So she saw the end in the in the mids, if not the beginning. So, in addition to yoga, Marcia extolled the merits of a vegetarian lifestyle, and she was super in control of her own body. She could manipulate her pulse and her blood pressure and, like, her sweat production. I don't like that one bit. I don't think that's possible, but uh, maybe. Uh, she- <laughs> I sweat all the time. If I could stop, I
0: would. Well... Clearly you're not doing enough yoga.
1: None. Zero percent. Maybe there's something else
0: involved. We'll get to it. (laughs)
1: Um, So Marcia was also really into the idea of past lives and reincarnation, as was indicated in her book title. She wrote a number of additional books on the subject and coined the term hypersentience, which deals with the technique that allowed her to get in touch with her other lives that she had lived on Earth.
0: Right. So, she promotes this therapy through the Ananta Foundation and via a quarterly hypersentience bulletin that she began publishing in 1975. Oh. So, Victoria, can you tell me what reincarnation therapy is? No. Cool, I can. (laughs) (laughs) Technically... It is the bastardization of the reincarnation beliefs that are the central tenet of many Indian religions, but basically it's the idea that we carry this emotional and these psychic pieces of our past lives into our current one. By accessing these memories, typically through hypnosis and like some wild suggestion, we can move through them in a way that helps us deal with our current issues. But from what I can tell, Marcia's hypersentience seems to be basically all of the same concepts uh, as other reincarnation therapies she just puts in her own jargon. Okay. It's kind of all the same. Uh, hers does come with, like, a dash of alien as well. Alien? Yeah. It talks a little bit about, like, alien encounters and oh. multiple universes and... I don't know. rule left all of that out. I mean, it's big, so... Okay, okay, okay. Maybe we'll try it tonight. Who knows?
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so in addition to her uh, development of hypersentience, um, she would have three children, as Amanda said, Ann Rul never said whom they belonged to, uh, but she did say she never spoke about them to her friends.
0: I mean, why would you? <laughs>
1: You're busy. You've got other lives to catch up with. No time for this. <laughs> this no. This does not matter. Get to your <laughs> old ones. Um, so, and as I just wrote, I think it would be fair to say that Martha, at this point in her life, definitely. And Martha? Fuck, I told you I was going to do this. Marcia. One of these
0: episodes, you're going to get the names right.
1: I wrote it. I wrote throughout it.
0: The in- you wrote Martha? It says it right
1: there. Richard? I told you I was going to. Jason? Stacy?
0: <laughs> Staving?
1: <laughs> 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 Um, but it seems safe to say that at this point in her life, Martha may have been more invested in her past. Again, you
0: said- <laughs> Fuck me! <laughs> <laughs> Try it again.
1: I think at this point it's safe to say that Marcia may have been more invested in her past and future lives than the one she was living on this current plane. Nailed it. Thank you. Um, in her correspondences with friends, she talks often of reincarnation and various pursuits of deeper meaning within the world. And the person with whom Marcia arguably corresponded the most was a woman named Elise, who lived in the Pacific Northwest. And from time to time, Elise would do astrological readings for people. And a newly divorced doctor by the name of Steve Monty, Steve Walter Monty, excuse me, uh, is how Anne names him. That's probably not his real name. Do you have him? Is it the one that she marries? Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, his name is Howard Altunian. Thank you again, Anne. I'm going <laughs> to call him Steve. <laughs> Steve? Well, he goes by Sonny sometimes. God, I dear. don't know. Okay. Um, so, in Anne
1: Rule's story, his name is Steve. Um, anyway, he sought out Elise's services. She probably has a different name as well. She's in your notes. Um, and he was very handsome, and Elise did his star chart and her readings and what have you. And he began to visit Lisa on a social basis and she wanted to maintain the platonic base of their relationship, which she did manage to do because of two things. One, she had bad vibes about him and two, he was full of insane stories about like a variety of ailments that he had, like his, I don't care. It's, it's like a lot of like, I was crippled <laughs> in my youth and then I rose above it. She's like a lot of weird Aren't things.
0: Aren't all of your stories? How dare you? <laughs> <laughs>
1: However, in 1977, um, Marcia came to Seattle on book tour and Steve, who changed his name. This is going to fucking suck because Anne Rule says he changes his name to Dr. Happy Bocacci. No. Well, that's what I have in the rest of my notes. (laughs) Anne, did you make
0: that up? Well, I was like, why does this rhyme so nicely? Okay, because then we're going to get to it, but they write a book together yes. that is just a series of their dialogue. His name is Howard, and it's written. It's published as Howard. Why bother making up a name? Good luck. Anne, what are you doing? <laughs>
1: so the Anne version, which is probably true, He, you said Sonny, like they sometimes called him Sonny. I think he maybe called himself Sonny. Well, so in this version... Walter was the name that he hated because it was somebody who had, like, abused him as a child. So he started going by Dr. Happy Bocacci. Wait, I
0: thought his name was
1: Steve. Steve Walter. His name is Howard. His name's
0: Happy Bocacci. <laughs> <laughs> Do we want to spend just the rest of the podcast screaming Howard happy at each other? Yes. and I'm Okay, gonna, cool. Unfortunately, you're going to call him Dr. Howard? I mean, who knows what I'm going to call him. I'm curious to see what you're going to call him. Dr. Though. Happy Bocacci. <laughs> Can we just call him Dr. Haps? Dr. Happy. Okay. Great.
1: Um, he begged Elise to introduce him to Marcia. Um, and Elise, in addition to being hesitant because she had had bad vibes about Dr. Happy, uh, she also knew that Marcia was seeing a young man back on the East Coast whom she believed to be a fucking reincarnation of Lord Byron. I hate all of this. Everyone hates Lord Byron. Bring a book. Get a better poet. <laughs> Jesus. And despite this relationship, Elise knew that Marcia was often lonely, and the Dr. Happy, whatever the fuck his name is, was also often lonely, uh, yet she was still hesitant. However, the happy doctor kept badgering her, even throwing a temper tantrum on the phone one night, until Elise finally gave in to the idea of introducing them. So they meet, and it's karmic. Love at first sight. Love at first meditation. Who knows? Um so they were immediately drawn to one another. They talked mysticism and ways to transcend to transcend excuse me typical thinking. They were married on November 25th, 1977, and the newly married couple moved to duplex in Alderwood Manor, Washington, which is a far cry from the mystical places that Marcia had lived before and had always dreamed of visiting. I'm
0: sorry, Boston was mystical?
1: No, but like
0: Thailand <laughs> was <laughs>
1: and <Fine>. India. <laughs>
0: Have you been to Boston? <laughs> the mystical destination of Boston, Massachusetts. Didn't you drink like 14 bottles of wine in Boston, Massachusetts one night? That's not mystical. That's <laughs> alcoholism.
1: Mystifying. It's
0: terrifying is what it
1: is. You survived, so we're proud. Barely. Um, okay, so one of the subjects that Dr. and Mrs. Happy discussed tirelessly was the idea of using drugs to alter the mind. Yeah, they've got one good shared love here. And what is it, Jemans? It's ketamine! It sure is. <laughs> and Marcia was happy to learn that her anesthesiologist husband had some experience
0: with the drug, having used it on children. It's commonly used for children. Oh, really? Yeah, no, I've got a whole thing. You want it? Because I wrote, what the fuck. <laughs> I will take it from here. You go for it. So, they have the shared love of ketamine. Um, at this point, ketamine is not illegal. It's not a, like, classified drug as it is today as it is today yes i'll get to that i
1: didn't know it was ever legal or like oh. not criminalized
0: don't worry okay can i got sure. it all okay so together they write journeys into the bright world sorry this is i forgot this is the full title okay <clears throat> give me a second oh ma'am journeys into the bright world pioneering a new path to higher consciousness a personal account by the extraordinary couple who risked everything to learn its secrets
1: did they name the book themselves? They called themselves The
0: Extraordinary they Couple? They did, and it hmm. does sound like a title written by a bunch of drug addicts. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, do so, you have the information that the government gave them a grant for this?
0: No. Yeah, it's a government-sponsored book. Go on. Great. Around this time, they start referring to ketamine as the goddess ketamine. Their Fun. goal is to see the the psycho-spiritual reincarnation of no, sorry. The psycho-spiritual regeneration of planet Earth by awakening people to their highest potential. So they're very adamant throughout the book that ketamine ketamine has basically no negative side effects. That's wrong. Correct? It's eh, a little wrong. Okay. So what does ketamine do? Do you know, Victoria? It makes you beat somebody's face off in Florida. No. That's bath salts. Oh. Wait, <laughs> in, what's the... I don't even know what the difference is. Ketamine induces a trance-like state while providing pain relief, sedation, and memory loss. Oh. So it's on the WHO's list of essential medicines in the healthcare system, and that's currently like through today. Okay. Um, so it's routinely used as an anesthetic in children, as a sedative for painful procedures in emergency situations, and as pain management, particularly if this pain is neuropathic. It's also been found to be a rapid acting antidepressant, although this has not yet been approved. This is like circa 2017 is when this was
1: A rapid acting antidepressant?
0: Yeah, so if someone's like super depressed, suicidal, this You can, can inject like, it, it's like a mm. to the heart situation. I don't know.
1: Well, I don't that, mean that you're putting it through the heart. Know. I just mean like
0: the, the immediacy. Of I think it. it's like such a release of Oh serotonin neurotransmitters what's the i don't know what
1: do you think i'm a fucking doctor i have a robot. on okay
0: but as someone who grew up in the early 2000s what did you know ketamine as well apparently i thought it was basalt So nothing. okay so it was known as k-hole no i've never heard that uh-huh. um or i always thought it was a horse tranquilizer that was like the idea of what ketamine was as a street drug oh um which you, it is a street did drug. you know
1: anyone who took ketamine
0: I did not. I didn't either, which is surprising. For Jersey, yeah. (laughs) Or South Carolina. (laughs) So ketamine was not a controlled substance until 1999. It was... Perfectly legal. That was 20 years ago. That was not that not long, very long ago. Okay. It rose to popularity as a street drug due to its fast-acting effects. It takes effect typically within 10 minutes, and depending on the dosage and method of intake, its hallucinogenic effects can last from one to two hours. So ketamine produces a disassociative state characterized by a sense of detachment from both your body and the world. Oh,
1: yeah. what a way to find Fun.
0: yeah, but also to find nirvana. Right. So yeah. that's the K hole. Oh, because you. It's like the get out situation where you fall into that deep trance-like state. Um, High doses can result in auditory and visual hallucinations.
1: Did they write anything about this in their book or it was all just like, touching God, touching God, touching each other?
0: I'm so glad you asked. Thank you. So, well, just a little bit more first. So the problem is that a a lot of people do this drug unsupervised and then do some dumb shit like go swimming or go on a hike. Which is not ideal. Right. You're not supposed to do that.
1: There was something in here that um, when Marcia started using the drug very regularly, her friend was, like, urging her to stop because he had had an experience where his wife found him face down in the swimming pool.
0: And there was another, I think this happened after Marcia died, but there was another person who, same, like, practice was known for writing these books, very into metaphysicism. He drowned while swimming on ketamine.
1: Stay out of the pool. Stay out of the
0: water. Anybody. 100%. All right. Well, now we know. So, Marcia and Sunny Howard Happy. Dr. Happy, please. Dr. Happy basically use the argument of it's safe for children, it's safe for unsupervised hippies. So, (laughs) at the beginning of the book, Marcia documents her first experience with ketamine in the first chapter, obviously. I've I've got a full quote here. Do you want it? Give it to me. Cool. In the next half hour, during which the drug was operating at maximum potency, I never lost consciousness, even, through, even though ordinary body awareness was totally gone. To an observer, I would have appeared completely insensible, deeply <laughs> anesthetized. <laughs> Yet, even though the memory of this state remains, it can only be described as indescribable. To speak of a thunderous silence or a multidimensional sphere turning upon itself or of identification with undifferentiating vibratory energy is probably as close as words can come to portraying its truly ineffable condition of existence. That literally made no sense. It made no sense, and also, if she's saying it's undescribable, why do we have a 184-page book trying to describe it? Uh, It's just the same description over and over again. I did attempt to speed-read the book, Those are a lot of big words that don't go together, (laughs) and the whole thing is like that. So there are three pages of a transcribed conversation between Marcia and Howard where they're on ketamine listening to Christmas music. Ugh, God. And you know what? I, I recommend the book just for that. I won't spoil it. You can find the PDF online. You don't even have to pay for it. You understand we could have had a his and hers conversation if you had printed these out. I could have been Dr. Happy Bucanchi. I fucked this up. Do you wanna pause now and pull it up? There's not a workstation here. Go on. God damn it. So basically, these ketamine therapy represents a growth-motivated approach to positive mental health. Our subjects tend to feel that they are remembering something they have always known but just temporarily forgotten. The home again effect in seeking transcendence. They are the same time they are at the same time endeavoring to recollect recollect not recollect oh regather just... themselves realizing that by merging with the larger life of the universe they will not lose but find their eternal identity
1: okay like everything about the science fine but you're shooting
0: <laughs> right also so ned's around this time that she gets a little too into the ketamine
1: okay you want it back sure i mean i don't have any fun quotes i apologize uh, but i will say that um at this point in time, um, Marcia, be- or had been probably as she was writing this book, but injecting the drug daily for 14 months.
0: Right. So in the process of the, the book is her and Howard together. Okay. And they were doing it pretty regularly. Okay. Almost daily. And then after the book is published, Howard is like. He pulls back. I need a little bit of a ketamine break. And she says, no, bitch. And she's like, what if I do it multiple times a day? And he says sure, my love. Mm, he does not say sure, so she starts hiding it. Mm. Yeah, he's not into it. I don't it.
1: have anything about that.
0: He this well, I mean, it's his account, right. so who knows? Right. But according to him, she was taking multiple—I think he said fifty milligram or milli whatever doses a day. Okay. And he was so against it that she started hiding it from him.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um. I, the only thing that I know is that she's, like, the only person who has ever injected this much ketamine. Guinness Book of World Ketamine Records. I mean, is that... On record. Currently? Or until the 90s when, when <laughs> everyone <wrote this> <laughs> was injecting ketamine? Um, so, in addition to writing her fun times couple love fest ketamine book... Um, I'm sorry, do you want the full title again? <laughs> yes, please. Journey to the Bright Spots of My Brain? Journey to the <laughs> Journey to
0: the sunspots <laughs> is what it is. <laughs>
1: Thank Journey you. to the Dalmatian. Goodbye. Um, so she also was writing a book about Cleopatra's beauty
0: secrets because in another life she had known Cleopatra real close. Oh, she's not claiming to have been her? Shockingly no, as most people do. Wow. <laughs> um, you know what? Good for her. Yeah. Make it semi-realistic. Go ahead. Braid her hair. Tell not us how she did it. Not realistic but
1: mm. close. Aren't they just, like, covering themselves in honey, too?
0: Why does this wine smell like Tums? Do you want me to answer that? Hutch. Oh, enough people hate us.
1: <laughs> uh, so, at this point in her life, uh,
0: Marcia was, and maybe Amanda will have more information on this, like, happy. Um, I skipped over death. Okay. <laughs> I cared about ketamine, reincarnation, and the fact that she died. How
1: dare you insinuate there's a murder in here. Um <laughs> So she had transcended the banal plane of one-dimensional human existence and was in a loving relationship with Dr. Happy. However, on January 14th, 2019, Dr. Happy if she want, asked her if she wanted to go to the movies with him. She said, hard pass, I'm going to stay at home. And when yeah, do- I
0: have things to do, Dr. Happy.
1: <laughs> Just nothing weird. Um, and when Dr. Happy came home, Marcia was nowhere to be found. Her purse, wallet, and passport were still at the home, and there was no evidence of a struggle. And so Dr. Happy gets in touch with the cops, obviously, and the police begin to attempt to uncover what could have happened to Marcia, but the possibilities are overwhelming. Are they? Yeah. She could have been kidnapped because she was rich and famous. Okay. Uh, Two, she could have killed herself, but I'll talk about that later. Uh, three, she could have wandered off on one of her daily constitutional walks and, like, fallen in a fucking pit. I don't know what goes on in Washington. I have never been there. She could have walked out into the woods and taken a bunch of ketamine. That's true, yeah. Um, but speaking to the suicide theory, all of her friends and family would argue no because suicide would set her, like, spinning down a karmic drain and it would have to. she'd have to make up many lives to make up for the one taken in this lifetime. So according to friends who had spoken to her days before, there's nothing really amiss, save for Elise, and Elise recalled talking to Marcia, who claimed an ominous cloud had been following her. Um, but what was the ominous cloud, and where was Marcia?
0: Ketamine. <laughs>
1: it's all ketamine. <laughs> Behind her. And I, Amanda said this one common side effect of ketamine can be temporary amnesia,
0: so maybe this played a role in her fate. Okay, but, yeah, there's all of this research on what ketamine does in one dosage. There's not a ton of research in what ketamine does right. in multiple daily dosages over a 14-month pyra-
1: yeah. period. I was going to
0: say pyramid. You could make a 14-month pyramid. I'll buy it. <laughs> <laughs> I chart start today? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm just saying anything's fucking possible, and it's probably the ketamine. Yeah, I,
1: I think so, too. Um so, Martha's network of psychic friends come out in full force, uh, but no not one's. Not the network of <laughs> psychic
0: friends.
1: Hello, we're here with our guesses. Is it Scooby Doo? The whole gang? Yeah, but with the ketamine, not
0: the Scooby snacks. You tried to wink at me, but both your eyes just like. Well, I was to disappointed in myself that it was lazy.
1: <laughs> anyway, um, so Marcia's family hired a PI who dug into Dr. Happy, but couldn't find anything. Um, Happy wouldn't benefit from Marcia's death and her trust would pass to those three children she never mentioned. Uh, <laughs> not to him. So, um, at this point of the narrative, our and Anne Rule, kicks through the fourth wall. She, like, Mr. Gool-Aid mans it down um, to announce that she is tired of these psychics and has hired two of her own to figure
0: this shit out. I am sorry. Yeah, it's a bold narrative intrusion. So... <clears throat> You, My psychics are better than yours? Yeah, your
1: psychics are trash. I got these two from the Pacific Northwest. Let's talk about them. Would Tell you, me.
0: Okay, so there's
1: two. The first was named Barbara Easton, and she reads cards primarily. So she claimed that the death card that she pulled four times for Marcia could mean something other than literal death. Uh, I kind of doubt it. Well, she says it could mean... The death of her personality, perhaps she was in a hospital, uh, unable to remember her identity. Or, Amanda, that she had reached peak enlightenment and was sitting at the top of a mountain, meditating somewhere. Yeah, and then she goes on to be like, there's really a 5% chance of this. She's
0: probably dead. She's Um,
1: definitely dead. Yeah. Um, And then the second psychic, Shirley Tebow, maybe liked him. I don't know, it's spelled differently, but sounds the same, Um, was able to predict the date of Marcia's disappearance without prior knowledge, allegedly.
0: I mean, it was all over the newspaper. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're in the same area. You said they were in the Pacific. Yeah, she disappeared from the Seattle area. She is rich and famous. Okay. Um, she also... <laughs>
1: Anne Rule didn't say it. Um, she also doubles down on the idea that Marcia isn't dead, but has lost her identity in some way.
0: Oh, look, they were both wrong. And then Anne Rule skips out the door. So we're back to the actual <laughs> story So what, she here. says my psychics were also trash. I'm going to figure it out for myself. She
1: gives 0% commentary on what the psychics said, just that they sort of um, corroborate each other. Is this the other.
0: first thing she doesn't have an opinion on? She's being very objective here for Anne Rule. This okay, so I did read something. Was this her friend, or is she, did she interject herself after the story? I'm sorry, ask me that again. I did read something that kind of implied that Anne Rule and Marcia were friends. Oh, she didn't say that
1: in here. In the okay. there's always like a little bit of a beginning and then. But no, I didn't see that in here anyway. I imagine if she had known her, that would have been the plot of the story. Yes, of course. Much like the stranger beside me. Right. Anne rules out. We're back into the actual story. While well, the detectives continue to search for evidence, Dr. Happy decides to inject himself with ketamine to reach Marcia because they are soulmates. Great. He fasts all day. He does a bunch of fucking downward dog. And then in goes the ketamine, um, and he basically reaches the same conclusions as Ann rules psychics. She's somewhere. She doesn't know herself anymore.
0: Does ketamine make you psychic? Is that... Can you Google play? that? <laughs> 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 Keep going, I'm going Google it. Um,
1: some closure would ultimately come to the Moore family in 1981 when a man clearing out his yard found a skull in Brambles. And police were contacted and determined that said skull belonged to Marcia. However, there was no body, no clothing, nothing else that could help investigators determine what had happened to Marcia. And it was later released that uh, the detective's found that the skull had massive damage to the front, um, I want to say frontal lobe, but that's like your brain bits, but like, you know, your your forehead-ish.
0: The front skull (laughs) parts.
1: The front frontal lobe. Um, And the property that she was found on was not that far from her home, but had she walked there on the night in question, she would have had to skirt like a lot of traffic. There was a pretty busy highway nearby. Um, and I'm wrapping up to the end of mine, so I'll toss it back to you after you're done Googling,
0: does ketamine make you psychic? Um, I've got, does ketamine make you psychotic? (laughs) Different word. Seems to be maybe. (laughs) It's believable.
1: Um, but so Anne Rule ends it with, um, kind of turning the guilt around and tossing it on Dr. Happy. She finishes it like, maybe we should ask Dr. Happy, but nobody's heard from him in years. Like, just very ominous Anne. Anne.
0: Okay, I mean, yeah, typically it is the husband, but also it could be the ketamine. So, (laughs) there's another theory out there. Give it, give it, give it. We've talked briefly about her brother, Robin Moore.
1: Oh, the authors of such fine films as The Green Berets and Franche Connoction?
0: Yeah, I don't think he wrote the movies, but sure. He might have. The day after authorities positively ID the skull that was found, he comes forward with the claim that his sister's death was the result of either witches or a cult that ceremoniously beheaded animals. I've got a whole page and a half on this. Are you ready?
1: I've never been more ready. I just poured
0: another glass of wine. Fantastic. You didn't pour me one. Well, you said it tasted like Tums. I said it smelled like Tums. It tastes fine. <clears throat> he claims that RCA was targeted by a cult several times. He goes on to claim that in 1977, his sister told him that a witch's coven was trying to kill her. He says that he was traveling in Rhodesia. Where's Rhodesia, Victoria? It's
1: in modern-day Zimbabwe.
0: Fantastic. Look who's a genius now. Uh, When he received a letter from a doctor offering his condolences about the death of his sister. Since, to his knowledge, his sister was still alive, he called Marcia immediately. She tells him that an occult group was trying to rattle her by sending the letter, but provided no additional information. Are are you skeptical? I have a question. Is he also taking ketamine? As far as I know, no, but maybe. There are some questions as to whether or not he was in the CIA. So he could have been taking ketamine and thought he
1: was in the CIA. Was he in the CIA, like that other guy we covered who was in the CIA?
0: Maybe. Okay. It's really hard to say. So the, according to Robin, he asks the Snohomish, right? Snohomish.
1: Yes, that's right.
0: Snowmanish. Yeah. Snowmanish. (laughs) Snowmanish County Coroner. If the head had been neatly severed from the body, but he was told that only the upper portion of the skull was found, and to please stop calling. You gotta be (laughs) such
1: a great. Hello, it's me again. (laughs)
0: All right, so Moore, who, as Victoria has said, is famously known as the best selling author of The Green Berets and The French Connection wrote some lesser-known books about witches. (laughs) He said that had he had gotten this info that her neck was neatly severed, that this would have proven his theory that Marcia's body was hacked to pieces and dumped in multiple locations to prevent a search plane with infrared devices from spotting her remains. He's he's taking ketamine. Go ahead. All right, Robin. (laughs) All right, Robin. That's his whole story. That's all he's got. Oh, so that's
1: the conspiracy.
0: Yeah, he thinks witches did it. Sure, sure,
1: sure. A lot of witches in Pacific Northwest.
0: I mean, there might be a lot of Seattle witches, but I don't think any of them want anything to do with Marcia.
1: No, I also think that he's, like, looking down at, like, a Boston...
0: I've got questions about his claim that a random doctor knew... He doesn't say who this doctor is, whether or not he knows this doctor... How this doctor knew where he was in, you said, South Africa? Mm
1: Mm-hmm. How? Well, probably because the the doctor had also transcended the, they were the same person in another life. They both took ketamine, they went back. Both of them were
0: tips in the They touched tips in the
1: K-hole? Yes. They touched (laughs) each other's K-holes in the K-hole, and then they came back to Rhodesia, and then they just knew it was a cosmic connection.
0: This is a fun one. (laughs) This is also a full fucking batshit one. That's all the notes that I've got. We've got no ending to this. We don't. I guess, what do you think, Victoria? Oh, I think she took a bunch of ketamine and went on a walkabout. (laughs) What do you think happened? I think she went on a walkabout and then took the ketamine. True. For
1: chicken or the egg, really. You
0: know? (laughs) Typically I go on a walk before I do my ketamine, not the other way around, but that's just me.
1: Uh, The other thing I will say is that she apparently... She was very beautiful um, and had been in these books and, like, uh, was from a very rich family, and she had been really freaked out by the idea of aging. I like that.
0: I mean, she was really freaked out by the idea of aging, but also I know that they're ruling out suicide based on the karmic karmic bullshit. But she kind of was making her own idea of what reincarnation is, so I think it's safe to say that she's making her own ideas of... Whether or not suicide impacts that, like, yeah, sure. what are the actions and that what life that. is basically yeah. right, and maybe she was just really looking forward to what was coming next for her. Maybe she had some epiphany of what she was going to be reincarnated into next. It's true, and she was like, "Fuck yeah, let's go there now." Yeah, who knows? We'll never know. How was the book,
1: or well, the story? The story in the book. It's fine. It was like typical Anne Rule fair. Um, four out of five Anne rules. That should
0: be our ranking system, really. Four out of five Anne rules. Yeah. Um, Can anyone, is anyone talented? Can you make me a black and white Ann Rule head graphic that we can color in? God damn it. Somebody better do that. It's all that I want. Who has talent? It's not us. You know what? DM me. Come on, someone, please.
1: (laughs) Amanda's birthday's coming up. Happy birthday to
0: me. Give me my Ann Rule graphic.
1: (laughs) Let it happen for her. Um, I would like to add a little fun, a couple of fun things about Omaha. Oh, we're taking it here. Okay. Yeah, I've decided to since we don't really have an ending point. We just have conjecture.
0: <laughs> do we ever have anything more than conjecture?
1: Well, I have some book notes and the wrong names usually, so yes, I'm busy. A I have some cash in this pocket.
0: timed and worded jokes. Yeah,
1: okay. Let's okay. do this. Um, so,
0: as we said at the beginning of this
1: episode, Amanda and I are in Omaha, Nebraska, a place I never knew I'd travel to. I'm from New Jersey.
0: It's not Oklahoma as you claimed it was earlier today.
1: Well, I said joe Oklahoma, thank you, so I really was making a joke. I thought it was in Oklahoma. Anyway, um, so we're not in Oklahoma, we're in Nebraska. And <clears throat> I did some Googling into local crime. What do you got? And I got a little funny anecdote, and then I also have five laws for us we can break while we're here. I am actually
0: really excited about this. Okay. You know, I was going to be mad at you for doing this. No, you're not going to
1: be. Okay, so... The local crime story that I found most amusing was that a fifty year old Omaha man, which is why I asked your coworker how you say omaha He said What did weird, he say? Omahonian. Omahonian. <laughs> I don't trust him. No, that's what I
0: said. Oh. So that can't be right.
1: <laughs> I don't know what he said. Um, so a fifty four year old Omaha man said his ex wife rolled up to his house one day and she was the little sexy and she had some Viagra for him. So what do you think he did with it?
0: Shot her in the face. No, I
1: took it. Um, she told him she wanted to get dick down, and he said, "I'll be the one to do it." But give me my Viagra first. <laughs> yes. So he takes a Viagra um, at 3:30 p.m., blacks the fuck out, wakes up the next morning at 5
0: a.m. That was um, not a Viagra. Correct. Ketamine. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Here's the tie-in.
1: Um, he was two hundred dollars lighter in cash from his wallet. He was missing a fifteen hundred dollar ring, a hundred dollars worth of meat. Which I imagine is just... I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> Why do you have $100 worth of meat at uh, your
1: home? <laughs> Omaha. Omaha steaks. Only in Omaha. I unfortunately imagined it all as, like, bologna.
0: <laughs> I'm really pleased. I imagine half a cow. <laughs> I also imagine... That's wrong. That's gotta be expensive, right? Half a cow? Yeah. Oh, that's more than 100 gold. What think about like a
1: filet mignon? That's fifty six dollars. I don't know.
0: Um, (laughs) So we're ending this. Anyway, I'm not. No, I'm not done.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then also twenty five dollars of pain relievers. Which my question is, she took all of his Advil. Advil (laughs) baloney. Some ring that maybe once was hers, and two hundred and ten dollars. Anyway, he called the cops, and they never did anything about it.
0: I mean, what are you going to do? Sir, you blacked
1: out on ketamine, you put a bunch of cash inside of some baloney, and then you ate it. That's what I conjecture.
0: (laughs) This sounds like a good night for us.
1: It could happen to us. Um, Since I think we might have one more minute, here are the six things we can get arrested for while we're in Omaha.
0: I'm sorry, are you timing us? I mean, I just think... We only have one more minute? Based on what math? I'm sick of us. Oh, okay. (laughs) You're putting a stop to this.
1: Really, someone should. I'm the boss. And when I said six, I meant five. Okay, here's the first one. Amanda, tomorrow, if we find a body of water, you're not allowed to go fishing for whales.
0: Where the fuck am I going to find a whale? We're landlocked. I don't know. So we can't fish for them in the aquarium? No. Do they have whales? They don't have whales in aquariums. Definitely not, unless you're at SeaWorld.
1: Um, So don't do that. Or do, because this will be the five things we can get arrested for.
0: Uh, Two... If Wait. Do you just have to claim that you were yes. fishing for whales? Yeah, they don't have to be whales.
1: So what I want you to do in the bonus vid is get in the bathtub with like some dental floss and a toothbrush and claim that you're fishing for whales. Into prison you go. You're gonna call the
0: cops. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna. After this, we'll go get some wine and some cheese. Yes. Do See you... how much I can black out. Am I the whale in the tub? <laughs> <laughs> All I've got is a towel. I'm just dipping it in and out. Ah. And then you call the cops. Excuse me.
1: All right, what's over four? Uh, number two, ma'am, um, <laughs> is you can be arrested if we on Sunday go to church and you burp or sneeze there. Well, I would never do that. The church. Yeah, that's yeah. the one. <laughs> um, I thought this one was fucked up. Uh, girls under the age of eight can't have beds for their dolls. What? Why do you think?
0: I don't know. They can't fuck their dolls?
1: Well, they can't think of their dolls as, like, like, Barbie and Ken.
0: Rubbing bits. But nine-year-olds, it's fine? Yeah, yeah, when you're nine. <laughs> Anything goes you're, in a, Omaha. you're a woman now. Oh, I hate it. Yeah. Um,
1: the fourth one, you can't get your chest hair shaved here, Amanda.
0: You mean I can't do it myself or I can't get it professionally I'm done? sorry, a barber can't shave your chest hair here. I can do it. Why are you asking a barber
1: <laughs> to shave your...
0: Is that common?
1: Use the fucking email address and tell us. <laughs>
0: Please, if you get your chest professionally shaven, I'm not talking about lasered off. I mean, just razor blade. Let me know. By a stranger. You don't have to tell me your name. I won't share it on the podcast. I just need to know for some personal reasons. <laughs> What's the next one? She's going to share it on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Shh. What's um,
1: the next one? Okay, the next and the last one <clears throat> is that, Amanda, your false teeth may not be made from leather. <laughs> <laughs> I can't have a cow mouth? Mm-mm. No, girl. What do leather <laughs> teeth look
0: like? Oh, no. You can add it to our Instagram post. All right, graphic designer, while you're making me my <laughs> Anne Marole faces, five of them, please. I need just a big mouthful of leather teeth.
1: The leather can look like whatever you want. A suitcase.
0: Use your imagination and talent. A purse. Whatever you please. You, we
1: don't have any of that, so...
0: Well, thank you for that, Victoria. That was enlightening. <laughs> You're welcome. Terrifying and a huge waste of time, which is why I appreciate most. <laughs> I thought you wouldn't be upset. No, um, I love it so much. All right, so, Sam, so yeah, that's what I got. You got anything else? Oh, I have some things. <laughs> no, the only one I have is that you should go to our Instagram. Victoria, what is it? It's Murder She Read Pod. And you should follow us. Yeah. Leave some comments. Yeah, do some like shit. Some shit. Poke around on there. Amanda's bored know. all day. All day long. Yeah. Um, also, we've got that email address. Yes, what is the email address? MurderSheRedPod at gmail.com. So, Haven't checked it since the last time we had this conversation.
1: Good, so tell Amanda about your fucking chest shaving stories. Tell me about your leather
0: teeth. Yes. Sh- send me pictures. Or drawings. If, if you're uncomfortable, send her drawings. I'll take either. It's fine. <laughs> um, also, you should just go to iTunes and like rate, review. Those are the only two options. Subscribe? <laughs> yeah. Oh, three, yes. There we go. There are three choices. Do them all. That's all I have. Just a bunch of demands. All right. Well,
1: Demanda, do you want to go get drunk in Omaha with me?
0: I don't know. I was going to ask if you had any list of grievances that you wanted to follow that up with. No, that was it. Okay, cool. Let's go get drunk. Okay, bye. Goodbye.